podcast failure. We're back at it again here in the Second Live studio. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me, as always, Benjamin Woodhouse, Nicholas Carr. And for the Egg Bowl preview all the way from, in my opinion, the greatest city in the world, New York City, Ben Mincy is here. Ben, thanks for joining us. Ben, Nick, welcome in, as always. Everybody all at once, how is our Monday evening going? Great. Feeling like um, a Wednesday. Monday night football is going to hit the over, so not great. Yeah, I got the under in this game too, so I'm with you. Okay, since you brought it up, Nick, and this is – it's your fault. Uh, has Mike Evans done anything? I actually don't know. I do know Van Jefferson, so everyone will be interested to know. Just scored that touchdown. Mike Evans did score. He scored the Buccaneer touchdown. I saw it earlier. Okay. Fantasy purposes need Mike Evans to do something. I'm sure he won't. Um, but we're not here to talk about fantasy. We're here to talk about the Egg Bowl. It is Thanksgiving week. Ben is here to discuss that. But first, uh, we, we, we kind of touched on it before we started, uh, before we hit the record button, Ben. But just kind of give the folks kind of your background and, and your ties to this rivalry. All right, uh, man. Uh, how far back do you want me to? Go? <laughs> do you want me to go? <laughs> we, we can keep it. We twenty twenty is good. I mean, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll we'll get to the Mississippi ties, but just kind of what you've been up to recently. Okay, so twenty twenty. Basically, I came back. Uh, I, I was a poker pro from uh, two thousand six to two thousand fourteen. I'll spare you all the details, but I did well in the World Series of Poker and had a good career. And in 2014, I was in a little bit of a rut. Nola decided to come back and finish school at Ole Miss when I was 31 years old. Uh, and I actually lived by the square, and I was back in Oxford for about a year uh, during the good freeze years. Got to see us beat Bama twice. I got hired to do sports radio in Shreveport in 2015. I didn't know what the hell I was doing and uh, somehow made it into success. I was drive time in Shreveport for four years, three months, and – in mid-March, got called in, and it was right before COVID hit, and heard the words you never want to hear in sports radio or radio, and that's station reformat change. Uh, so I got let go, went back to Oxford for three months from late March to late June, and literally just played online poker like it was summer of 2006 during COVID. And then I got hired by ESPN Baton Rouge in late June, uh, which had kind of been the job I was striving toward. I've been a part of Off the Bench, T-Bob Bear. And Jordy Collada's morning show that's really big in Louisiana and Baton Rouge, Nola, and Alexandria. I've been the gambling picks guy on there since 2017. And so I got hired for ESPN Baton Rouge in late June. And I got to be honest, that was the job I wanted and been, been building up for from Shreveport. And uh, it was going really well for three months. And, you know, it was really what I wanted to do the next five years. And then in this on October the 2nd, I guess it was the 3rd, uh, that Ole Miss-Kentucky game, I, I was – watching it and the Kentucky kicker missed the extra point in OT and Ole Miss scored to win and I was just I'm a real fiery high energy guy and I was kind of just going nuts and my producer and ESPN Baton Rouge my roommate Playboy Marty he just starts filming this because he thinks it would be funny for social media when I'm going nuts randomly and I don't think anything of it and you know I just thought it was funny content whatever well nothing happens Saturday night it gets a decent response I don't think anything of it Sunday morning I'm driving to Natchez for our ESPN Baton Rouge Sunday morning show I did with the old LSU quarterback Rohan Davey and my phone goes off like a nuclear bomb at 9 a.m. and I look down and it was Dave Portnoy 
El Presidente retweeting SEC football tits different. It's a video of me going nuts to this TV on hotty toddy and I don't know, all kinds of ridiculous stuff. Then Dave Portnoy follows me on Twitter. And then 15 minutes before we go on the air at uh, Magnolia Bluffs and Natchez, I get a DM from Dave Portnoy and it says, is that you? And I said, damn right it is. And he said, well, we're ready for you to come work for us at Barstool Sports in New York. And I literally just like jumped out of my chair. I couldn't believe it. And the next day I schedule a phone call with Dave and he calls me. I'm getting ready for another show in Natchez, kind of standing out by the bluffs by the Mississippi River. And I said, hello. And the first words Portnoy says to me is, your voice sounds exactly how I hoped it would. And I don't know everything about life, but I've been pretty good about finding talent. And you're my guy, and I just couldn't believe it. Uh, and and he gave me the option of moving to New York or back, staying south. Said he really just wanted the content, but they'd give me more money if I came up here. And I realized I'd be a fool if I didn't come up here and give this my best shot. I'd spent one night my entire life in New York in two, fall of 2011, and now I'm sitting here in Hell's Kitchen in Manhattan doing this podcast with you guys about uh, four weeks into this job. And, man, I don't see how it could be going better. So I think that's my 2020 summary. So we've got a lot to unpack with that. Oh, yeah. That is, that is easily easily the most electric intro we've ever had. Yeah, easily. You are you are Louisiana's Forrest Gump, my friend. <laughs> You're doing a sports radio show with Rohan Davy. I mean, oh, yeah. it, like, it beside the eight year World Series of Poker career and and all that other just unbelievable electricity, you were doing. <laughs> Like you couldn't have said, I mean, had you said Kevin Falk, it wouldn't have surprised me any more than Rohan Davies, like the most legendary LSU name, just because of the way he played. That's awesome. He's, he's I've always said, I've always said he's better than Jamarcus. That might be a hot take. I thought he was better than Jamarcus. He's, he's, a, he's an unbelievable character. I highly recommend y'all get it. He, he does he does radio with the ESPN Baton Rouge and stuff. When if LSU and Ole Miss happens, y'all should get him on this. I mean, he is unbelievable. Great character. He uh, played for Bill Belichick, Jimbo Fisher, and Nick Saban. His football knowledge is uh, phenomenal. He's a hilarious guy. I mean, Rohan and me have got to be really good friends. I, I think the world of him. So, so I do want to ask this before I forget. So you do the you do the wake up Mincy thing on Twitter. Oh yeah, the coffee that you get every morning is it from the same place? Yeah, so it is. And what's funny? So I have this coffee shop that's right below me where I, where we live in Hell's Kitchen. And the first day I'm at Barstool. Dave Portnoy, so they have this thing called a rundown every day. It's a big deal. That's like, I guess, like a 20-minute YouTube show they do in the afternoon. So I'm sitting there, and I, I that coffee, they fill it to the brim, and I spilt some on an Ole Miss red pullover, but I don't think anything of it. I'm just sitting there at work, and Dave and Big Cat are going to do the rundown. They say, hey, Brandon Walker, come do the rundown with me. Brandon Walker walks toward the rundown, and Dave said, no, nah, I go back to your seat. We're going to the, with the other Mississippi guy. And he just throws me on the rundown the first day to test me, and I didn't even know. Like, I had 10 seconds to prepare. And so, I like, I had a shirt on that had coffee stain on it that I got a lot of heat for. But uh, I, I, I crushed this rundown. I mean, it was uh, – like Dave couldn't believe it. Uh, they were they were putting me on the spot, seeing if I'd be nervous, but uh, I really wasn't. And uh, I don't know, man. This is this is just I, I, I've got a lot of stories to tell. This barstool thing is the craziest thing I've ever been a part of, but it's uh, it's going really well. Typically, we we operate under the assumption of no free ads, but what's the coffee place? Uh, it's called Kahua. 
Uh, but it's uh, it, it good. They, they Like I said, they overfill it to the brim, though, and I feel like I need to – I have to, like, pour out a little bit when I'm walking to work to make sure I don't spill anymore. Like <laughs> you got you to leave, leave room for cream, but then don't put cream in it. That's the yeah. secret. There you go. But, yeah, I, okay. I'm a big, big coffee drinker, though. I mean, I definitely drink, you know, a few cups. Okay. I was just worried that it was Dunkin', and I'm glad it wasn't Dunkin'. No, I got to support local business, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I respect that. Um, so – like I, I thought that your your video that went viral and how you ended up in New York was was something that resonated with Ole Miss fans because we've all been there, we've all done that for a game. Um, but kind of sticking to the twenty twenty theme, like what, what has been your? Uh, we did a we did a mid season report card, but if you want to give a a full season report card, since we've only got a couple games left, you know what, what have you thought about Lane Kiffin in year one? Man, I always say this about Ole Miss. Ole Miss is best as a wild, fun underdog. When there aren't expectations and they play with nothing to lose, anytime Ole Miss has expectations, it's always historically been a problem. And I think Kiffin's just the perfect fit for that brand of football. I mean, he plays offenses on the cutting edge. Jeff Levy's phenomenal play caller, too. Couldn't be more impressed with him. And, you know, when you look back, you know, everybody thought Matt Corral was going to transfer, and now he's one of the leading passers in college football. I mean, what Kiffin's done with him, I mean, I know everybody realizes how special it's been, but, I, I mean, it's one of the best coaching jobs I've ever seen, and the way he uses Elijah Moore in this offense. And I also just want to give an Elijah Moore tribute. If he doesn't do the dog pee in the end zone and start for last year, if Matt Luke wins that game, he's still the coach, and there's no chance I'm sitting here in New York like Dave Portnoy loves Lane Kiffin. <laughs> no, he Dave loves Lane, and that's a big reason why I'm here. Lane's super active on Twitter and real into the barstool thing, and so I think that was a big reason I'm here. So Elijah Moore, you know, kind of a prophet in my opinion uh, for helping. And now look at the season season he's having. But I think Lane, man, I don't know how it could be more fun for Ole Miss. Obviously, the defense struggles. You got the NCAA sanctions all over the junior and senior class. You know, I, I feel like I feel like Ole Miss is about to flip a bunch of guys into recruiting because how can you not want to come play for this exciting brand of football? And if you're a good young defensive player in high school, you can get on the field as a true freshman. I mean, I think we got a great recruiting pitch, and you know, I, I really can't be more excited about the direction of Ole Miss football right now. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I just hope Lane will stay around for a little bit. So, so what's going to happen Saturday? Man, I felt, you know, like all Ole Miss fans, I was feeling a little confident until I saw State play so well against Georgia. You know how these rivalry games go, too, man. You never know. Uh, I thought Will Rogers had to look like he had a lot better command of that offense against Georgia than what I'd seen before. Uh, I feel good about the game, but Mike Leach teams, you know, in the same vein of the Ole Miss wild fun underdog thing, Leach is a hell of an underdog, and he struggles as a favorite, too. So I, I'd say I'm optimistic about the game, but, you know, a couple weeks ago I was hoping – Ole Miss blew them out, so you know I'm feel feel good. I'll, I'll say I'm cautiously optimistic. That'll be how it's at. The one thing that, that gives me pause. So I watched uh, probably second quarter on. Once I saw that it was close, I decided to tune in. And for me, I, I thought Todd Munkin deserves to just be hit in the head with a phone book for trying to run the football that entire game. Mm-hmm. State was state was virtually in a six or seven man front the entire game they kept trying to run the ball once they kind of let JT Daniels cook it was kind of over with and if they had just done that the whole game it would have been a different end result um we were uh talking about this before we started you you know people were 
giving praise to state, you know, how well they played. And, you know, yeah, I think they played well for a team that didn't have a lot of guys, you know, due to COVID restrictions and, and whatnot. But Ben, what was it? Uh, how many yards did they have? 330, is it 338? I think it was like 358. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. And a lot of it, Will Rogers was just checking down a lot, a lot of the game. So they didn't really attack downfield. Uh, and I know the air raid is typically a, you know, dink and dunk and then maybe take a shot here and there. That's my only thing. And, and finally, I, this is a, a good segue into getting your thoughts on Mike Leach. He's not a guy that's going to just work that locker room into a frenzy for this rivalry game. Like he doesn't care. And I felt like those state teams, when Dan Mullen would, would get them riled up and get them really, really going that was when they were most dangerous, and that was when they gave Ole Miss a lot of fits. I don't think either coach is going to do that, and it's a home game for Ole Miss. I know it's not a regular home game because of COVID, and it's not going to be a full crowd. But to me, I think that this comes down to looking at what JT Daniels was able to do last week, and then, like you said, Matt Corral, what's he going to do with Elijah Moore, Kenny Yeboah, Braylon Sanders, all those guys. I mean, that's my only pause to thinking that this might be a typical rivalry game and stay close. I tend to lean that Ole Miss is is in a position here. If they can do what they need to do on offense and just kind of hold serve on defense, it, it could potentially get out of hand. I, ho- I hope you're right because Brandon Walker, who's ob- uh, from West Point and the Mississippi State guy up here at Barstool, we have a bet on this game. We're doing a huge live stream up here at Barstool Sports on Saturday afternoon, and the winner gets to throw eggs outside at the loser in the freezing cold in New York. And if Ole Miss – we get to throw as many eggs as the margin of victory. So if Ole Miss runs it up, I'm going to wear my right arm out chunking eggs <laughs> And say that he has earned it. He has come at our fan base for a year and a half before I got hired at Barstool. I came up to Oxford for Auburn Ole Miss to meet with the athletic department, and I got to meet Lane Kiffin, and I really just tried to do a lot of stuff around Oxford to, you know, build build some momentum for this thing. And, man, I must have had 100 people on the street tell me, if you don't give Brandon Walker hell with this egg ball, you know, we're not going to respect you because he's come that hard at our fan base. And <laughs> I think the day of retribution is coming. He's been trying to be nice to me behind the scenes. Heck, he even invited me over to Thanksgiving for dinner. And I, I looked at him, I said, man, I know you're worried about this game. And I said, expect no quarter. <laughs> don't <let you> get <laughs> it. <laughs> so I'm going to go really hard on this stream. I mean, he, look, you can't can't come at us for a year, year and a half, and us not have anyone to defend us, and now expect me to not, uh, you know, tone it down. That's just not that's just not going to happen. So, so does he genuinely, you know, sincerely believe that Ole Miss is unethical, and or is that all a stick? I think he's pretty he's pretty entrenched on the state side of this uh, this rivalry. You know, he's a, he's a pretty good guy away from the egg bowl stuff. I mean, he's been nice to me for sure. But when it's come to this egg bowl stuff, it's pretty cutthroat. And you know, I've come in and laid the tone like, "Look, man, we can get along away from this egg bowl and all that kind of stuff." But you know, you you asked for this by the way you behaved, and it just it is what it is. <laughs> and uh, you know, I mean, I told him like I'm going to go hard at him, and he knows it. And you know, I mean, I told him I expect him to do the same. Just do 
the same at me. You know, you can't run your mouth for that long for a year, year and a half and backtrack now. That's that's unacceptable. So, you know, I hope I hope Ole Miss runs it up. And I mean, in a dream world, I want to beat him sixty three to twenty eight or something. But uh, and I also know Kiffin. If we get a chance to run it up, you know, Ole Miss is going to do it because the recruiting impact. And uh, I certainly hope we we get to see it. Well, Mincy, if if Denzel Washington a la Frank Lucas and American Gangster taught us anything. The loudest person in the room is the weakest person in the room. Well, so I, I, uh, I may be in trouble then because I'm usually the loudest guy. Uh, you're not as loud as him, though. <laughs> nah. Uh, I, I, feel good. I, I do feel good about it, and it's uh, – you know, it's just been such an exciting year. I mean, I know Ole Miss doesn't have necessarily the best record, but just the enthusiasm around the program after everything we dealt with from 2016 to 19 with the NCAA stuff, man, our fans are just starving for just to be entertained. And I think Kiffin and his brand has filled that. And you know, I think we're about to start winning a lot of battles in the recruiting trail. And I also just want to compliment Keith Carter because, you know, I know we wanted Mike Norvell first who took the Florida State job, but, man, he went to bat. Thank God. And he went to bat against that old guard that didn't want Kiffin and helped make this hire. And you look at Ole Miss as a whole. I mean, with, with, with Kiffin, and I love Kermit. I'm a huge fan of his. I covered Louisiana Tech and Conference USA when I was in Shreveport doing sports radio when Middle Tennessee won six straight Conference USA championships. I think the world of him. I think our Ole Miss baseball program continues to be top 15, top 20 recruits at a top five level. You know, I'm part of the city grocery tailgate and left center at Swayze. And I don't know at any time that, that I've been an Ole Miss fan that we've had three better coaches running our major programs. So I think this is this could be a really fun next three to five year era, I hope. On on that same note, did you hear Matt Corral's press conference today? I did not. Okay. Well, Zach, can you find where he read, you know, his the Oh, expert? I did, where he talked about changing the play calls. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think about that? <laughs> I I admire the, the 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 testicular fortitude. I agree. The, the gumption. I don't think I'm- I think no, there's no person on the planet other than maybe us who is as happy to have Jeff Lebby and Lane Kiffin as Matt Corral. Well, it's it's one thing to do that as a quarterback in the SEC, but can you imagine being a quarterback from California and and actually doing well in the SEC? Because apparently quarterbacks from California uh, are not cut out for the SEC. Um, that's just what I was told. Um, so it is kind of cool to see Matt Corral, who is – from the state of California to be able to do well. Um, I was able to find the full quote if you want me to read it. It says, quote, you know, just really the thing is, I guess we both knew, or wait, hold on. Not it. Hold on. Stand by. (laughs) Good pot. Okay, here we go. I remember that last drive vividly. None of those plays that we ran were the plays that were called. On the 4th and 26th, Elijah had a post from the slot like a 20-yard pose because of the down and distance. I knew they were going to be double-teaming him, and they had too high, so they were going to use that field safety to double-team him off the field backer. Braylon had a 15-yard stop. I just told him to run a post. (laughs) Then me and him, or then me and former receiver coach Jacob Peeler, we didn't get into it, but he was telling Braylon one thing, and I was telling him the other when we were in the huddle. Braylon was looking at me like he didn't know what to do. I was just telling him, run the post, run the post. Coach heard me and goes, no, 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 run the stop. But he ran the post, and we got it. He gets fuzzy after that play, but we somehow ended up on the one y- one or two-yard line, and we got down to, was it fourth down? On the last play to Elijah, that last play, 
the play was called was a sprint out right with a flat and a go and a backside slant. So what I did was the guy was inside leverage on Elijah and I tapped Mingo on a go and gave Elijah a slant out like a pivot. That was the play when we scored. After that, that's where we stopped. <laughs> End quote. So literally everything that Rich Rodriguez and Matt Luke and Jacob Peeler and whoever else was on that staff, Matt Corral just said, nah, fuck that. We're going to do what I want to do. And <laughs> drove down like 90-something yards to have a chance to win the game. So, I mean, that right there is just even more just just solidifies that he is the guy. And I, I, I do want to get your thoughts on this because we talked about Corral and how, how good of a season he's had. And I think it's lost in a lot of people. This is his third offense and his third year with his third different coordinator. So he hasn't been able to really settle in. And I think as good as he has been this year, and I mean, he's been damn good, broke a ton of records, uh, most yards passing in a single game. He tied Eli Manning's uh, record for touchdown passes in a game. I think next year's the year when he's really going to take the next step with Levy and with Kiffin. Um, for you, not even as an Ole Miss fan, just watching college football, how high is his ceiling? Man, I don't know how you're ever going to be any better than 59 for 66 for 925 yards, 10 touchdowns, and no picks. That's his last two games against Vandy and South Carolina. That's the craziest stat line <laughs> I've ever seen. And then Elijah Moore has 27 catches for 463 yards and five touchdowns in his last two games. So, you know, if this isn't his ceiling, uh, I, I mean, I don't really know how you can do any – I mean, to go to seven incomplete passes – I, I, that's the crazy. I don't know. I, I, if, if I don't really know how you can do any better than that. But you know, obviously he had that Arkansas bad game. He struggled in. But uh, overall, I mean, I, I think I, I don't really know how much more he can do. He's been so good. And he's, you know, I'll tell you what else about Crow. His mobility is super underrated. Man, he keeps himself alive. He's got such a quick release. He can move around. I mean, he, he's just blown me away this year. And, you know, I think he's he's definitely got some more time in Oxford. Obviously, I think this is – we've only got a couple games left of Elijah Moore. And, you know, he, he certainly uh, has more than earned it the season he's having leading the SEC and, and country and receiving has been incredible. Absolutely. All right, real quick, we're going to take our break, here from our sponsors. When we come back, we'll have more with Ben Mintz and uh, the rest of Podcast Rebellion in the Egg Bowl preview. So hang tight, and we will be right back. It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments, part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Hours in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your Ole Miss grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. 
and be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now, and you've got your lunch specials 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe a anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something the place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the rooftop bar, which is super awesome. has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station bourbon, a very small batch high rye bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high rye bourbons. So you could do that or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend. And then you can wind down with that Healing Station afterwards. So, like we always say, ask your pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you to share a sip responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, Inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. back here on podcast rebellion with ben mintz uh, so you brought up elijah moore and if anybody's having a better season than matt corral it's elijah moore uh we've been running a uh road to history series on uh on our website redcuprebellion.com keeping track of his single season quest to break aj brown's receptions record um hopefully the a&m game is at some point made up but um he is certainly on pace right now we, we broke it down on our last show uh he is on pace to eclipse that and then some it, 
what have you seen from him that has just made him so special this year? And we're obviously biased, but I think that he is a shoe in right now for the Blitnikoff. Man, I, like I didn't realize it's possible. He's in my favorite five Rebels of all time already, and he may be creeping to top three or two with what he's doing. And uh, just the way, well, first of all, the way Kiffin uses him is fascinating. They move him around so much and put him in motion and put him all over the the formation and. But he just separate his route running. He separates so quick with his first step. He's super reliable catching the ball. He he's explosive. I mean, I, he just does everything so well. I will say that you know he's obviously short, and they do such a good job, you know, getting him in favorable matchups, moving him all over the field. But uh, you know, like I said, I mean, I pretty much think he's like a prophet. I mean, I, I can't believe how good he is and how reliable he is. And you know, really, the one thing Ole Miss. Uh, Braylon Sanders and Mingo have done a little more lately, but for the most part, it was just him and Yaboa early in the year, and teams still hadn't been able to stop him when they know we're going to him all the time, and that says even more about him because you know these defenses are keying on him, and they're still helpless against him. So what's what's got a bigger impact, Elijah Moore's play or Elijah Moore's pee? Oh, the pee, the dog pit. I call it the dog piss that saved Ole Miss. I mean, <laughs> I, look, man, getting mad. It, 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 one of the greatest ironies, too, is that directly led to Luke getting gone, and look what it's done for his career, getting Tiffin in there. It's like just so crazy the way the whole thing uh, worked out. But, you know, I, I think getting Lane Kiffin in there is, is the greatest thing. You know, I don't know that, and and I'm uneducated on the subject, but from what I remember, I don't know that Mississippi State makes a change either. I think – Ole Miss making the change kind of sparked them to say, you know, we might want to move on from Moorhead too. Just, just thinking, you know that. I know for a fact they weren't changing. Yeah. After the Egg Bowl, they weren't. Yeah, I, I think yeah, state people will deny that, but they were wanting to make a splash like Ole Miss did. I think Leach will get it going in a few years, but, man, that roster is so messed up. And you look at Dan Mullen, Joe Moorhead, Mike Leach, three completely different offensive coaching styles. I mean, they hadn't had a good wide receiver really since Eric Moles in the mid-'90s. And you're trying to run air raid. They don't have any NFL guys out there. And so Leach is going to have to take a couple years to, you know, get some more playmakers in there. Because right now I look at the state team. It's uh, That's a real problem when you're running that kind of an offense. So what's kind of like the 30,000 foot view, you know, for you, you, you said you're up in New York. So what's, what's, what do people say about Kiffin? I mean, are they, is, you know, are they talking about him up there? I mean, is Ole Miss kind of like a team that they kind of want to want to watch on Saturdays or what? Oh, that's they a hundred percent do. And uh, we, we had a huge time. We were at the Philadelphia gambling house uh, watching the Ole Miss South Carolina game. And man, we had like day, I'm telling you, Dave Portnoy, Loves Kiffin, which is the best thing ever for me. I mean, obviously. And, uh, yeah, no, people are really interested in Ole Miss because it's just – look, from the 10,000-foot the view that you're talking about, it's an exciting brand of football to watch. These people don't know the first thing about Ole Miss or Oxford, but they see Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss playing these games that are in the 50s that are up and down the field. I mean, it's exciting. And then Kiffin, you know, running around, chunking the, the clipboard. And then the other thing, Kiffin's social media savvy is impressive. He knows how to play this Twitter game, and I, I met him before the Auburn game. I got to go in the Manning Center, and, you know, he's super detached in real life. I mean, he probably said eight words to me, but then he gets behind that, uh, the, the, you know, the social media stuff. You'd think he's got one of the biggest personalities in the world. He plays that to his advantage. 
And, uh, man, I'm telling you, people are excited about Ole Miss football. And as far as Barstool goes, I'm already planning a huge trip, hopefully, if everything by next fall is back to, you know, I don't know what normal is. We're not going to get into that. But if there's a Grove, the LSU weekend, we're going to have a huge Barstool Grove tent throwdown. And uh, one of my buddies has already invited the whole Barstool crew to sit in his suite. And so uh, I'm hoping to drag everybody down for the LSU weekend. That would be a lot of fun. So I'm glad you brought that up because I do want to get your thoughts. Uh, we've we've done a couple different pieces on, um, you know, obviously Oxford's a big big town for 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 football and, and you know SEC sports, baseball, all that. The pavilion there has got people a buzz about basketball. You mentioned Kermit Davis, who's who's been great for the for the basketball program. But you know, taking sports out of it, it's it's a town. It's a big foodie town. There's some there's some James Beard Award winners in town, a lot of good restaurants, and, and we always talk about whether we're talking about current restaurants, and then we've we've also discussed you know past uh, establishments that have unfortunately uh, left us. But in your time in Oxford, I guess it, on the spot here, give us five places that if you had to tell someone, hey, you're going to Oxford, these are the places that you need to go eat and drink. Awesome. No problem. Well, first of all, I'll just admit my bias. So when I was back in Oxford in 2015, I worked at Proud Larry's. I'm really close to Scott Carradine. I love C. He helps run the music. You talk about what makes Oxford great, what he does for the music scene, but he books Double Decker, he books the Lyric, and he owns Proud Larry's. Man, he has helped. Oxford's got an unbelievable music scene for college town and the size of it, and he's a huge part of it. So I want to make sure I mention him. Uh, I love, I'm really close to the city grocery crew, especially uh, Cooney and Elliot, the guys that run the bar up there. Um, like I said, I'm in the left field tailgate with them. So I'm, city grocery and Larry's are my kind of ride or die in my history. I'm a big, big fan of St. Leo. I uh, love the wood-fired pizza and the atmosphere in there. Uh, obviously, I'm, I like Randy Yates a lot. And, you know, Oxford Ajax is just, you know, so classic and old school. You know, I, I've always been a fan of that. And then I, I want to go ahead and – well, I'll, I'll even mention six. I, I like what Corbin does with the canteen a good bit. Um, I used to eat the canteen in the alley, and now it's over there on uh, North Lamar. And then I also want to give a shout-out to the Ravine because I really think those are g- great people. And uh, if you're wanting to do something different get away from the square, I think the Ravine does a phenomenal job with their tapas night and their brunch and just et cetera. So that's that's some of them, I'd say. If you get the, if you get the Barstool guys there, you're going to have to get some pizza reviews going. Oxford's a sneaky good pizza town. <laughs> yeah, for- yeah, same, yeah, same. You're, you're right. There's a bunch of them. Um, who knows? I've got some ideas. Of, I'm, I want to do po' boy reviews in Louisiana coming up. That's going to be there something I'm, I'm trying to do because um, I've got big New Orleans ties, and I'm going to try to – one of my big branding ideas is to do some stuff with that. But I uh, can't wait to take the Barstool guys down, though, to the Grove. And like I said, I, I'm a huge part of the left field. I love Ole Miss baseball and that left field tailgate. I'm going to try to still make it back. And uh, I'm trying to make the Ole Miss either A&M or LSU games, but who, who knows what's going on with the scheduling right now. Talking about doing some uh, reviews, uh, we got to get you over to LB's. You got to do a, a, a Wagyu review. Ooh, I'd love to do that. I certainly like LB's a lot. We we grill, man. We grill that out and left uh, field at the baseball tailgate. Yeah, so I've how, been, many, how many baseball? Well, I was gonna say Ben has done it. I have since I'm in Nashville. I haven't. I'm going uh, this week. I hope to get some Wagyu. But that uh, what is it? The Ben the A five. Um, yeah. That's the, yeah. the creme de la creme. You gotta you gotta go over and see Greg and get some of that and grill that up and do a review. 
Heck yeah, man. Look, I'm all I'm all for all this. This the, the thing about this bar stool, it's so crazy to me because the, the, their brand is so unique and different than all the rest of sports media. I mean, literally, they just like when I walked in the first day, I was like, you know, what what do y'all want me to go do? And they're just like, oh man, just go do what you want. It's your world, you know. And they just they say literally just all we want is the content, be as creative as you want. And so, man, I mean, I'm planning on doing all kinds of stuff, music and food and you know, sports and just I do. I'm gonna do take it on this poker. When I go when live poker comes back, I'm gonna go play World Series of poker, do stuff with that with Barstool. Um, I'm, I don't know. It's just it's it's crazy to me that whether it's music, food, poker, gambling, football, whatever. I mean, all of it's in play here, and I'm really really lucky that Barstool hasn't done stuff with Ole Miss or New Orleans really yet. And New Orleans loves Barstool because they hate Roger Goodell so much, like the Pats do. And so I plan on doing a ton of stuff in New Orleans, whether taking it for Mardi Gras or Jazz Fest or Hogs for Calls or, you know, I'm really going to – I'm planning on doing some Barstool Nola stuff that I think people are going to be interested in. So what – you said you've been there about a month. What was the first, like, thing you did or what happened that you were kind of like, I, I feel like I've made it here. Like, this is a big deal. This is different than anything I've done before. Um, that rundown, the first – so the first day I got here, I went in, was All Saints Day, and I was on the stream of Big Cat, who's, you know, other than Dave, the biggest star up here. And uh, he's a Bears fan, and that was the Saints-Bears Sunday afternoon late game, the All Saints Day, when the Saints kicked the field goal to win in overtime. And we were messing with each other the first day on the stream, and I played when the Saints go marching in right when the field goal went in. And it got a, a really funny big response. But, you know, I'll say this. I got really lucky. So they saw the video of me, and that is what got me noticed. But they did a bunch of research, and Big Cat has done a lot of stuff with LSU with Pardon My Take and Coach O. And he reached out to mm -hmm. T. Bob Hebert, Michael Bonnet, who's the LSU SID, and Derek Pomansky, who's O's right-hand man, asking for references on me. And all three of those guys went to bat for me huge. And so Big Cat – all, just he's treated me as a friend since day one when I walked in, which has certainly been great. But the, the biggest moment that, that really I knew I had it for real was when they threw when when I mentioned Dave throwing me on the rundown, and I got on the rundown and I told the story. I was like seven, you know, I've had the craziest year. Seven months ago, I got let go in Bossier City, Louisiana, and now I work for Barstool Sports. It's the American dream, and Dave just loved it. He lit up. He's like, I don't know who this guy is. But he, he, you've got a presence about you, and we're thrilled to have you here. And so I think I really showed him something on that rundown because he put me he put me on the spot and gave me 10 seconds to prepare for it. And I'm just sitting between Dave and Big Cat, the two biggest stars in the company, and I, I didn't feel nervous at all. I, I really am lucky that uh, ESPN Baton Rouge does a phenomenal job and made me feel prepared with my work down there. And uh, I think, you know, it's been as seamless of a transition, I think, as possible. I'm on Pick Central every day, which is 11 to noon on Sirius Channel 85. And so I'm a part of that. I do the Wake Up Mincy morning video. I do after dinner mints. Uh, I'm doing I'm just doing all kinds of stuff. Basically, whatever I can do, I'm up there. I'm trying to do to get my brand out there. But uh, the response, I got to compliment the Ole Miss fan base. I was a little worried the wrong word, but just because of my Louisiana ties and I was part of ESPN Baton Rouge and Shreveport, you know, my name wasn't as out in Mississippi media as it was in Louisiana because of that. And that was part of why I went to the Auburn Ole Miss game. But, man, the Ole Miss fan base has just blown me away. I mean, I can't even tell y'all. I get hundreds of messages of people that are just so fired up, up I'm up there, and I feel the love. And, you know, whatever I can do to represent Ole Miss and Oxford well, I'm going to do. I lived in Oxford 10 years of my life. I went back to school when I was 31. I was there three months this year during COVID. You know, as I said, I have great ties with City Grocery and Proud Larry's. And so 
uh, I couldn't be happier about this. And, you know, like I said, I have a great relationship with the university and I hope to continue to build it. So we did, Ben mentioned pizza and doing some pizza reviews and you're in Oxford next time. So we have to ask that you're in New York. What, if you have to give a top five pizza wise in New York, I don't know how often you've gotten out to get pizza. Are we, are, are we talking like, Old school, like Defara, are we talking, um, are, are we, Spumani Gardens, Joe's, uh, Paul I had, John, I had John's on Bleecker Street, which I've heard super hype. Okay. We had that in the office on Sunday. I really like that. Uh, I've eaten a decent amount of pizza here, but I, I honestly, um, I've kind of been sticking to, I, I'm about a mile from my work. And so I'm kind of doing Hell's Kitchen in Manhattan mainly because COVID shut. I'm telling you, it's pretty shut down up here right now. This, the people aren't messing around in the Northeast with this COVID deal. And so I'm kind of living a little bit of a secluded life where I just go to work and then come back and chill. And I'll, you know, I'll stop and eat a slice on the side. But, you know, I think John's on Bleecker Street is the most famous place I've had so far. Uh, the pizza is excellent. I, I feel like I gained like five pounds my first week up here. And so I've kind of had to, put a little stop on the eating pizza before we uh, gained all the holiday weight back. I've lost, I've lost, I've actually lost like 35, 40 pounds this year. And so I don't want to give that progress back, you know, so I'm trying to be a little careful. Well, pizza carbs don't exist when you're in New York because you're walking everywhere. So um... <laughs> that's true. I walk a ton. Uh, I, I love the walking culture here. I mean, I, I try to, you know, try to stay as active, uh, as active as I can. And uh, it, it's, they, they have gluten-free pizza a lot of places here too. I've been kind of, there you go. That. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so if I'm given an endorsement as a as a former New York uh, resident, I would uh, highly recommend Patsy's okay. over, in East, over in East Harlem. So whenever you can get over there, go there. Uh, Roberta's in Bushwick, uh, they're actually doing a pop-up here in Nashville for three months, which is good and bad because I'm just going to eat a ton of it. Um, best Pizza in Williamsburg. And then oh, I have it. That's the guy who owns, that does the pizza show, I think. Uh, that is yeah yeah oh yeah i watched that pizza show yeah fantastic show um and then the one that i haven't been to yet but it's on like the bucket list when i get back to uh, new york is lucali over in carroll gardens that's supposed to be like the best i think it was voted best in america um maybe best in the world but um yeah lucali is the one that is is on my list as i gotta go and uh get there next time i'm in town um but so last couple things here, uh, we've already kind of gotten your thoughts on how you think Saturday is going to go. I won't ask for a prediction, but um, I guess just kind of give us like, if, you know, best case scenario for Ole Miss. Like, how do you think the script goes if Ole Miss is going to get this thing done on Saturday? Well, if Ole Miss comes out and scores a couple of touchdowns early and puts State on their heels and it turns into a scoring fest, State's screwed because there's no way they have enough weapons to score with Ole Miss. If this game gets into the 30s and the 40s, they're dead. Uh, they're gonna the State's gonna have to try to get the lead early uh, and play that. Even even though they have air raid, they play ball control with the short passing game, as you mentioned. I mean, it's all checkdowns. I don't think State can play from behind in this game. And if it goes, if the script goes exactly right for Ole Miss, Ole Miss could beat them. I mean, they, Ole Miss could win this game fifty-two to seventeen if it broke right. If Ole Miss got up fourteen or twenty-one nothing and just got out and running, and I don't think Kiffin, if he has a chance to run it up, he's going to do it. 
I mean, if we've learned anything about Kiffin, he, he's all about being bold. Uh, that's the the best case scenario is literally, 50, you know, Ole Miss could win 52-17. It literally could happen. Uh, I'm going to say Ole Miss – I'm going to say 44-27 Ole Miss, I'm going to say. I feel feel good about it. I don't think State's got enough firepower uh, to compete, but I, I do think State will still score some points. They scored 24 against Georgia. No Ole Miss's defense certainly in the best. Uh, so, yeah, 41 or 44-27, something like that seems about right. So is, is the worst case here a loss, or is that not even – No, not even the worst case is a loss. It's a rivalry game, man. I mean, we've seen Ole Miss's all <laughs> win the Egg Bowl. The, wor- the worst case is like a 20 20- – 8-24 loss or 31-27 type loss. And a uh, big yeah. thing would be State's got to win the turnover battle if they're going to win. And Ole Miss Corral's been doing, you know, obviously he had his interception problems against Arkansas and Auburn, but he's been doing a lot better job taking care of the football. And, you know, I think that's the big thing. I mean, he can't have those interceptions come back up because State has to win the turnover game to neutralize the talent deficit they're at. And so that's the big thing is Corral taking care of the football. Ole Miss should be fine. But- I don't. I don't think that there's any way. I mean, I mean, yes, famous last words, I suppose, but I don't think there's any way we turn the ball over like we like we did against Arkansas. If if MSU has to win the turnover battle to beat us, then I think we win the game. Yeah, I feel feel I feel pretty confident about it too. And uh, what what great momentum it would be be for our program here too to win this Egg Bowl and finish this uh, finish the season strong. Have y'all heard anything? Uh, about like I've, I've been hearing LSU could be December nineteenth, and then you know they don't know about A and M. I mean, I guess y'all probably don't know anything. I don't know on that on those those fronts, do y'all? Um, I saw a, I saw a tweet earlier today. I mean, they're they're really doing a jigsaw puzzle trying to figure it out. But they had Ole Miss and LSU move into the last week of the season, the nineteenth, mm-hmm. and then they actually had I think yeah, Ole Miss eight, yeah, and Ole Miss and A and M maybe next weekend, the December fifth. And then having a bye week, who knows at this point? If we get all ten games, then I'll be, I'll be glad. I'll be happy. I'm putting this out to the universe. If Ole Miss LSU is December nineteenth, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are in the Superdome on Sunday. So I'm trying to come Ooh. back to that for Christmas. So I'm throwing that out to the universe. You know, if this could happen, <laughs> all for it. Hey, you know, we we like to uh, pat ourselves on the back that we spoke this into existence. <laughs> um, talking about Lane Kiffin. We uh we did a podcast. When was it, guys? November of twenty eighteen. Yeah, it's about two years. Yeah, we had uh our good buddy David Brandt of the Associated Press. We had him on the show, and we at the start of the show he laughed and said that we were crazy when we said that Lane Kiffin was the perfect hire. And then by the end of it, he was convinced and was just like, "Well, by God, y'all are right." And uh, so. If, if we can speak that into existence, then you can certainly do that and uh, get back for uh, for, a, for a double dip of Ole Miss and, and the Saints. Um, so last couple things here. I, I do want to ask you, you mentioned your affinity for Ole Miss baseball. Do you consider Ole Miss the national champions of the 2020 baseball season? No, I, no, I do not. <laughs> okay, okay. All no, right, I, right. Mean, I know that they had the great, great, great start, but – you know, I think uh, I, I I don't know if we need to hang any banners on that one. <laughs> I was I will say this though I was at the so I'm from Monroe originally. Yeah, the, I was going to ask that. Were you in Monroe? We had a tailgate along the third baseline, and we had <laughs> friends come. We th- we threw down in Monroe that Tuesday. Dude, night. you're just everywhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the, and then the best thing that last game 
me, me and my buddies and a couple of their kids, it was Anthony Servideo's birthday, and we got Servideo to come over after the team huddled, and we all sang happy birthday into a hottie toddy on his birthday. It was really cool. He loved it. It was fun. Might as well have been singing We Are the Champions at that point. <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess uh, to close here, uh, so the two head-to-head matchups, I believe this is correct. The two head-to-head matchups that Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach have had as head coaches. Um, Lane won the first one, 56-10, I believe was the final. Um, and I, I went back and watched the highlights. Even Mitch Mustaine had a touchdown pass in that game. Wow. Um, they blew out the blew out the Cougs. And then I believe it was 2013, the year that Lane was left on the tarmac. Um they lost to Wazoo ten to seven in a weird game when they had some quarterback issues. I, th- I believe Cody Kessler um, was playing quarterback for for SC. Um, they lost that one. A, a ten to seven game with Mike Leach coaching just sounds incorrect. But um, so one in one head to head going into this weekend, um, and I'll this will be my last one. And, and Ben, Nick, you guys obviously. Chime in if you've got anything else for for uh, yeah. for Mincy here. But as a Saints fan, has the torch been passed to Taysom Hill? Well, Breeze wants Taysom to be the guy. Uh, clearly, like Breeze, you know, Breeze. It's Breeze is always known in practice for like not giving up his reps and just being such a legendary competitor. But he's embraced Taysom. I feel like maybe I know it's a weird thing to say because Taysom's a Mormon, but I feel like the the faith religion thing may may have brought Breeze and Taysom together, possibly. I just feel like maybe they're on that. Even though it's different, I think they're kind of on that path and they have respect for each other over something like that. Uh, but I think Taysom is going to try to be the future. I mean, when you look at, you know, his playmaking ability, and I want to mention this too. I had a prop on Barstool Sportsbook. I had Taysom Hill to score two touchdowns at 11-1 to when he hit that second rushing touchdown. Hit a big bet on that over the weekend. I was really – I was super pumped on that one. Uh, but I think when I look at the Saints right now, though, Breeze is going to miss the next three games. The Saints got three road games in a row. They're at Denver, at Atlanta, at Philly. They're going to have Breeze dodge these cold weather games. Breeze is going to come back, I think, December 20th for that matchup against Patrick Mahomes. And they play KC and Minnesota at home on Christmas. And they go to Carolina the last week of the year. And right now the Saints uh, are the one seed in the NFC. And Breeze is a heck of a lot better than Peyton Manning was that last year in Denver when Peyton was falling apart. But I sense like a lot of the same vibes when Peyton missed those games and came back and they both had one Super Bowl, you know, kind of last year, you know, can Breeze go out on top and uh, with number two like Peyton did? I feel like it's kind of there's a little bit of a parallel there. How does it jive in New Orleans in a city that uh, I would probably say leans heavy Catholicism? How does it jive with a Mormon leading their offense? I, I think if he keeps playing the way he is, uh, New Orleans. If New Orleans, if there was one thing about the New Orleans culture, that they, they'll accept anybody that does well in the city. And uh, Taysom Hill has embraced New Orleans, and uh, I don't see it being you know. He's, and he's obviously the good thing about Taysom too is he's already popular for his Swiss Army knife role because he's done so many things the last few years. I remember that block punt in Tampa, uh, and he's just done so many things. He's already popular with the fan base because of all the plays he's made. And so I think people want to see him do well and. You know, Sean Payton, look, I think we're at a point with the Saints. 
He won with Teddy Bridgewater. He's winning with Drew Brees in his early 40s. I think he can win with T- Jameis Winston. You know, the roster has so much talent, especially the defensive line. The defensive line effort allowing 12 points combined to Tom Brady and Matt Ryan. I mean, this is special stuff. Cam Jordan, three sacks. Who would have thought Trey Hendrickson leads the NFL in sacks? And I mean, I, it's, it's, it's a special uh, effort on defense right now, and the Saints are just so much more than their quarterback at this point uh, with Sean Payton and Jeff Ireland doing such a good job with the personnel. All right, we'll close out here. We're gonna go around the table here. Let's let's uh let's give hot takes or uh, bold predictions for the Egg Bowl. Mincy, you started off, and then we'll go to Ben, then we'll go to Nick, and I'll close things out. What, give me a bold prediction for Saturday. My bold prediction is that Elijah Moore. Uh, well, I mean, I guess it's not bold to say Elijah Moore goes off because he's done it every week, but. After what happened in last year's Egg Bowl, it's the full circle. And I think he has like a 200-yard, two or three touchdown game and is the MVP of the Egg Bowl after the dog pee incident last year. Uh, to really just – I just feel like it, it just feels like a full circle thing that's coming. Uh, like I said, I'm going to go Ole Miss 41-24. Uh, winning, like I feel like it's going to be a close game through the first half, and I think Ole Miss has just got too much firepower uh, early to mid-third quarter, and they pull away. And uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun for Rebel fans. I'll tell that prediction. I I think it's going to be 17 to 20 point game. I look to see some fake uh, field goals from, from both teams or, or onside kicks or something, you know, crazy. I also, I also agree with the Elijah Moore prediction. I was, I was going to say the same thing. I expect him to go for over 200. People forget that Ken Sills threw for 330 against state. So it's not as if, you know, they're just spectacular on the back end of the secondary. I think Georgia offensively may not be quite as good, and that's probably why State and Georgia were so close, especially considering Georgia really doesn't have a quarterback other than Stetson Bennett's CPA. Um, uh, <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise uh, I, I completely agree with that prediction. I mean, I, I, think, that, um, I think that the Ole Miss covers the spread and, and wins it um, going away, but in the second half. I think that it's close to halftime. And, and Mincy, I, I completely agreed with you earlier when you said if Ole Miss jumps out in front, I, I said the same thing about the South Carolina game. If Ole Miss can jump out in front on Mississippi State and go at 14-21 to nothing, they're going to win the game big. But if State somehow, and it's, and it's not somehow, it's, it, it's almost a certainty you know, gets the ball first, goes down and scores just due to Ole Miss's defense struggling and goes up 7 nothing, maybe 10 nothing, something like that. Ole Miss can certainly come back with offensive firepower, but, you know, it's, it's going to be a – it will be a close game to the end. So, uh, I, I agree with everything you said, really. Y'all are crazy about our defense allowing that few points. We're going to win 45 to – let's say 45-38 – and Otis Reese is going to have a play, kind of a stop or a, a pass defense or whatever, to end the game and win it for the Reds. Okay, okay. I'm not going to get too creative with my bull prediction because we've already talked about Elijah Moore to an extent. But I, I will say, this is pretty bold. I'm going to say Elijah Moore breaks A.J. Brown's single-season receptions record in this game. Ooh. He's at 74, so he's got to get 12 to break it. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's happening. That'll so, happen by the third quarter. So, Mincy, if you want to try to get a prop bet going on that, I'd throw some money on it because 
they're going to get him the football as many times as they can, whether that's in the backfield. But as far as receptions goes, you know they love that little pop pass on the on the motion. And uh, you you said it. I mean, everybody knows he's getting the football, but no one can stop him. Outside of the Auburn game, he has shredded everybody. So I, I like Elijah Moore doing his thing. I think Kenny Aboa is an absolute nightmare for anybody, but I don't think State has anybody that can cover him. And then also look for somebody like Jonathan Mingo to kind of have that game that he had against Kentucky earlier this year where he becomes a factor on third downs using that big body and being physical in the open field. Um, I'm with you all on this. I think Ole Miss pulls away late. I think, yeah, they may not be worked into a frenzy like they like they were with, with Dan Mullen as head coach, but I think State comes out and is really hype early on. But the numbers, how how tired? What's the fatigue going to be? Are they going to be yeah, with Ole Miss? The play, how fast Ole Miss goes on offense is going to exactly. Well, yeah, you mean people forget Ole Miss had a week off and State went with forty nine players or however many it was fifty five to Georgia mm-hmm. and just played two days ago. I mean, I get it; they're twenty year old athletes in the best shape of their life, but at some point that does weigh on you. I mean, it does, and yeah. it's not as if State went to Georgia State to play. You know, they went and played against Nicobe Dean and the boys. So it's a little bit different. Yeah. All right. Mincy, last thing before we let you go, let the folks know where they can find your work, whether that's Twitter, Internet, Facebook, TikTok, however you you get out there. Let everybody know. I hadn't quite got to TikTok yet, even though it's a big thing up there. <laughs> uh, but I'm at Barstool Mincy, M I N T Z Y, on Twitter and Instagram. That's really what I'm going at the hardest. Uh, I, I do the morning video and after dinner mitts video. I'm on, as I mentioned, I'm on Pick Central, which is 11 to noon Eastern on Sirius Channel 85 every day. Um, but yeah, everything pretty much runs off my Twitter and my Instagram right now. And uh, like I said, I want to thank y'all for having me on. I followed Red Cup Rebellion for, I mean, gosh, a long time. So I, I've been a fan of y'all for a while. So I really just appreciate y'all having me on. It's a lot of fun to me and kind of, kind of surreal, to be honest, uh, with the journey, journey I had with Oxford going back twice that. Now I get to try to be a positive representation of the school and the town. I'm, I'm very, very pumped about it. Well, you should feel so lucky. I think a lot of people would have loved to have gone back not once but twice to Oxford for, for anything. <laughs> um, but, Ben, we, we appreciate your time. Stay safe up there in New York. And uh, we'll, we'll have you on again another time. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I'd love to come on, like I said, anytime. I'm trying to – you know, anything, y'all, y'all fire at me. I, my DMs are always open on my Twitter and Instagram. Anybody that messages me, I read every single one. And, uh, you know, thanks again for y'all's time. Uh, keep keep up the great work that y'all do with the Red Cup Rebellion. Thanks, man. It's, it's good to know your DMs are open because if you ever make a hand job joke, then Hugh Freeze will, will slide in real quick. Um, <laughs> well, that's going to do it for, uh, for Podcast Rebellion, the Egg Bowl preview edition. Thanks to Ben Mintz over there, and thanks to, to Ben and Nick, as always, for joining. Uh, like I said, follow us, redcuprebellion.com, on Twitter, on Instagram. Follow Ben on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, y'all stay safe out there. Have a happy Thanksgiving and uh, enjoy the game on Saturday. So for those three over there, I'm Zach. This has been Podcast Rebellion. Thank y'all for listening. We out.